working for the weekend. I'm Pat Terry. And I'm Mike Sell. Hey, we have a missing link tonight. What's going on with Andy? He's yeah, kind of busy, I, I don't guess. Know. I guess he's really busy with things, huh? Yeah. Life in general, family. Yeah. And hey, he's got a baby coming. Hell yeah, yeah. Bravo, bravo. Yeah. So he's busy tonight. He's out with his friends, and uh, we're picking up the show tonight. We're going to carry on. We've got a part two, I believe, on... Um, getting your foot in the door as a band. If you're a live band out there and you want to know how it's done, we've got plenty of tips and clues and uh, all kinds of fun things that you can try. We left off last week about, I don't know, we covered quite a few topics. Yeah. Um, I see that we actually could talk about the demo package slightly to bring us into an update. Yeah, what is a good demo package? That's that's the question. I mean, you put in like DVDs of your band playing of uh, uh, you know maybe snippets of where they played different venues, mm -hmm. live performance, studio performance. Uh, you know, with with information of calling, you know, website information, contact information. You put all this on a DVD. You bring it in with a package, maybe a bio. Yeah. Written out, typed out bio or whatever on a computer. And this whole package, you either mail them out or bring them into the venue. Do they really see them? Yeah, do they really, you know. Where are they going? Yeah. Who sees these? We've been doing this the for like. The cook in the back, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a pile somewhere. <laughs> the mysterious pile of bands. And, um, you know, we call up these places and they'll say, well, here's who you contact. Here's an email or Please put it on our Facebook mm -hmm. Messenger, and we get very little responses that way. Yeah, very that, few callbacks. That's a question. I mean, now who who's in charge of what, reading through these things, uh, listening or watching these DVDs, and then calling people bands back when they're interested in one, and even out of courtesy. You know? And what? Yeah, what are they interested in? Uh, you know, you with a band. I mean, you've been playing a long time. I've been playing a long mm -hmm. time. We've done just about every kind type of genre of music, you know, top 40, uh, heavy metal, whatever. So what What do they want? I mean, this this is this is it. I mean, what, the question. Some of know? it seems to be, and we've talked about this privately, some, some party bands are a little more over the top and loose. And what I mean by that is their personalities, mm -hmm. you know, um, vulgarity, sexual things, right. screaming you know, four-letter words and stuff from the stage. And for some reason in some clubs, that seems to work well. And um, I'm not that type of person. I kind of mm -hmm. try to keep it about the music, and I know I'm speaking for you too. You, yeah, we try to keep it about I mean, you worked at this craft for many years, put tons of time on it, and you're just going to go out and flub through it? Right. And we, we go in with a little more class, I think, and dignity, and we do talk from the stage. It's not that we don't, but the conversation and the content is a little different from that typical example in a lot of bars where, where these bands get ultimately really drunk and it becomes real loose mm -hmm. and, and just um, the morality of it is, you know, real wide open. And uh, it works with some people in some bars, and I can happily say I don't play those bars. Yeah, really. I don't need to play those bars. I'm not, you know, I, I just don't fit with that type of people. As much as no. I respect them and love them and will treat them, you know, properly, um, it's just not my cup of tea, you know, to do nope. that kind of thing. No. Nope. I'd rather do the music right, talk to people civilly, and produce an excellent product. So getting the callbacks, though, they could at least, you know, someone representing the venue could at least be 
kind enough to return a call and let us know that you, we did receive it. Thank you. We'll be in contact with you if we're interested, right? Right, right. Would be right. nice, right? Because then you don't feel like you're spending money and time and personal Well, you're trips. not sitting there in the dark. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, it's... Uh, sure, it's basically what you're doing. It is a it's a job application. A res- you're yeah. sending a resume out for you and the band. Yeah, you know, and they're the employer, and basically it's a job ap- application. But for an employer not to respond and at least say, "Well, no, we're not interested," or you know, "You're not fitting you you don't fit our bill" or something, at least some kind of common courtesy. Would be would be nice, yeah. you know, and like I've sent out packages, DVDs, emails, messages, their website messages, and so on and so forth. I don't know how many times, and I've just sent out another dozen this this week, and I hate, you don't hear you get a return on their messages that say someone will contact you. You know, the thank you. Yeah, the automatic one. Mm-hmm. Thank you for contacting our venue, and someone will be contacting you shortly. You know, and it's like, okay, time for popcorn, and thank you. you know, <laughs> thank you. Try our French fries. <laughs> and I think what happens is we get lost in the the hustle and bustle of it. And I know a lot of venues, just from talking and trying to do some brain picking, I find that. Young managers are taking things. They're taking the packages and setting them somewhere. When they have enough bands in their cycle and on their roster, they have little reason to look at those. So they sit, but we watch a bunch of C and B bands get booked with them never having to reach out and pick up a package again because they get themselves into a a cycle that is not, in my opinion, is not the greatest quality music but of course it's their freedom to choose you know who they want to choose but you get lost in that cycle where then yeah. you know well, we're not yeah. booking right now and then you'll you'll see like five bands scheduled that are just like seriously so you're not booking but what seriously yeah. well did you just listen to those five bands yeah. i just sent you a video did you watch my video and watch the videos from these other exactly bands? does it come down to two as well as is is age two you know, Could. I mean, you know, yeah, the, is this person has. that's booking the band? Is he in his twenties now or thirties now? And he's looking at guys that are, that have been out there for years. They're maybe in their forties, fifties, saying, "Oh, these guys are too old to be put in." You know, they're too old. They might be. You might be the greatest band around, but oh my god, he's too old. Unless you're the Rolling Stones, you know. And I hate to go back there, but <laughs> is there a girl scantily dressed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a girl scantily dressed. By the way, how was traffic all right, tonight? All right, all right. Babe. Oh, come on. All right, Put him I told you, don't bring the dog here anymore. <laughs> sniffing. Sniffing all the wrong places. <laughs> you just had to mention, mention scantily dressed, and he goes nuts. But so <laughs> this is, I think, a little bit of what happens. Yep. Um, the packages, you know, can contain, and I've been privy to some. Some some people who own bars have probably maybe you got a few too. A few owners go, here, t- take this demo. Take a listen to it. Yeah. And, you know, we both know without listening to the package that the way they're going about it today, bands, and I'm sure many of our listeners in their bands are either deciding what to do about their demo package, um, what quality, where to record. Is it going to be a home recording? Is it going to be done in a studio? Is it going to be live or is it going to be a video presentation? So I got to see those things, you know, firsthand by managers. And some are studio. So me, I've never gone to a studio for a demo because we both know 
when you go live, they sound nothing like the studio. You might want to elaborate right. on that. Right, that's true. Plus, biggest factor, too, is you're, you you have to pay for that studio time. Exactly. You know, they, they, there's that's something that people don't realize. You just don't go into a studio and say, hey, can we record a demo package? Sure, it costs you nothing. It costs you an arm and a leg. Yeah. You know, I mean, in studio, people are, I mean, people that own, professional studios are in the business of making money. That's right. You know, so now you're going to put out maybe three, four, maybe $1,000 for a good package, mm-hmm. a good video or audio package, and you're not getting any return. These people are tossing them in the garbage maybe, or or yeah. maybe the cook took it home. <laughs> I yeah, don't know, exactly. you know, but... Uh, uh, maybe he's looking at that sexy so, female so, singer. Right, so using... Videos from your performances, I think, gives you a better representation, gives the club owner a better representation of the band on on a stage mm-hmm. in a live performance. That's how right? I feel. That's Anybody feel. can do a studio package. Sure. Anybody can sweeten it up with, with uh, uh, um, you know, um, all the different uh, uh, software you can use to, to, to make vocals sound perfect. And Let's do an overdub. Perfect. Let's yeah. add another guitar, yeah. even though you don't have it. Right, right. And, Let's tune you know, those vocals. We could, we could do that ourselves with the software that we have. Oh, we could sure. put a chorus sure. behind us or whatever. Sure. But uh, hearing a band, and if I was a club owner and I was hiring bands, I would say, put that DVD in or let me hear that. And if it's live, I can tell right off the bat if they're good or not. Exactly. But if it's studio, and studios, we both know, like you said, it's it's a business. They do not want to offend their future return business too. Right. So I mean, they're not going to sit there and, and say, "Can you do this a little better? Can you do this? Why don't you do another guitar take?" Right, right. They're going to just try <laughs> to get you through the door, get your money, wham, bam, thank you, man. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that's basically what it's all about. They don't want to offend anybody because you know I'll be back because I'm a superstar. I'm mm-hmm. going to come back and do my solo album. I mean, I've done studio uh, promo packs with with bands in the past. And they were good. They were good. We went in and we played as we would play on stage. Right. And they recorded that way. Live. We, we went in and said, listen, we don't want any bells and whistles on top of everything. We mm-hmm. just want to play live the way. Just set up your microphones the way you feel fit, like it's like it's a live performance. You did it like the Rolling yeah. Stones. And then, yeah. And then they, we, you just use snippets. That's another thing. How much music should you give? Exactly. You don't want to give them a whole... Song, like five whole songs. You might want to give them snippets of maybe the intro, the chorus, and out or something. Something exactly. And you know, there's the other route is um, for filming. um, There have been live recordings taken while filming, shooting something off into a recorder from the main board, and then taking it back to the studio, locking it up with the video, mixing everything, EQing it perfectly so it doesn't sound a little off from outdoor events or. But the bottom line is, I, I feel personally, don't go overboard with your yeah. promo. Because I'm saying, I, I feel, and I've been around a long time, nine out of ten times, nine out of ten promo packs that you send out are going to be thrown out before they, they're even open. You know, you call up and, well, I send you a venue, uh, uh, promo pack. Did you, did you look at it? Uh, 
Yeah, I saw it. They didn't look it up. I don't know where it's where it is right now. That, well, of what, course, what do you play? No. What music do you play? Yeah, right. What's, what's your name? What's your name? Where have you been? Where no. have you played before? How many people are you going to bring? Well, we got two buses: the Partridge family. <laughs> and remember, Simon Cowell is not judging your package. Right. Exactly. You know, so if they don't know bad, they certainly don't know good. Mm-hmm. So this is another conundrum we face as right. bands out there because. I know we're, we do our job. We come in sounding really good in the same situations, same rooms. We cater to the needs of the room. We're getting to acoustics. We're going to be talking about it. You want to hang around and stay in the room and you want right. to come back in. We're probably going to get it in, in the next treatments. section, but we're going to talk about acoustic uh, you know, treatments and rooms. We're going to talk about booking rates while we're going, before we go out on our, on our break. But booking rates, what's the deal with booking rates? I mean, I know there's a lot of thoughts out there. Um, okay, you're the guy who's got a full-time job, benefits. You don't really need the money. This is just fun time for you. What do you think of that kind of thing? I don't know. You mean a weekend warrior person? Yeah, let's just call. Wants to yeah, for, sorry, guys. It is fifty dollars. You know, I'll take fifty bucks and all the beer I can drink, and maybe you find myself a woman to go home with. That's the kind of mentality that I've faced. I really don't have time to practice. Yeah, you know, I don't have it's practice. good enough. I, I was working my head off. Now I'm retired. Now I'm picking up my guitar or my drumsticks for the first time in over 20 years. And I'm going to go out and make some money on a weekend. I don't care mm-hmm. how much I make, even if I get at the door. I don't care. Just as long as I it's go. It's just through. a fun time, man. Me and the boys that's, are out tonight. That's fine. You know, but it kills the ones, the people, the bands that are really working hard to put across a good product. I hired a plumber you know? like that. He was fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, you know, hey the man, plumber. I'm just fiddling around. I'm just fiddling around. I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm out there trying to have a good time, make a little extra money, uh, you know. And then remember the Three Stooges when they thought they could plumb? <laughs> remember what their bathroom looked like? <laughs> but I mean, we don't do it normally. We don't take just anything for other services in life. And I think that comparison or analogy, you know, you don't just buy, you don't just go out and hire, you know, some guy who can just barely put together two pieces of two-by-four to build your addition. Right. You hire professional roofers. Right, you, you someone know. who cares about yeah. the quality of work he does. Why doesn't that you apply know? to music, though? Why but, is it I mean, just, it, it, I think it does. It just doesn't... Well, in most mindsets of show. musicians, yeah. they think, it's a good question. I don't Why? have to be perfect. Yeah, that's true. I don't have to be better. Nobody knows. <laughs> I've gone up to guys who have said... Oh, yeah, it's okay, Pat, the, the gig, you know, I shake their hand. It's like, Pat, you know, I don't play with the, the licks are. I don't even, nobody knows in, mm-hmm. in the bar when mm-hmm. I'm playing, if I'm playing the right licks or not. Nobody cares, so I don't even bother learning. Right. I don't have the time. Right. Why? Right, and you get a guy who does that, you know, he's a great player, and he knows, he knows his music, he knows his scales, and so on and so forth, so... He knows progressions, so he, he he realizes, okay, this is a one four five one progression in E or something. Uh, I don't really need to learn the, the 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 what the guy's doing on the record. I can just play whatever I want in the one four five. Well, That's fine, but then there's there's signature parts, exactly signature things that happen in the song that that cue too. So. I had the hardest time learning that part for that one song. That's a signature part, too. Signature part. But, okay, so let me get to another deeper level of this. As a player in parts and signature parts versus improv, um, I think it has an effect. I mean, people do know some good music. Some people can understand a good song or something that's almost exactly to the uh, original. 
Um, how many parts, just off the top of your head, how many patterns could you play for Summer of 69 and make it work? How many? I've never even think. I mean, maybe 10. Okay. I mean, you okay. Know, maybe how 10. many parts what? could I, as a guitar player, play for the rhythm and get away with it? Zero. Uh-huh. How many riffs could I take the see, place I of? I can play those 10 p- patterns, but they're not the pattern that But you it want. would work. The point is it could yeah, work. Yeah, it worked, but you won't get the same feel. Right, but... You won't get the same feel. So that's I, why I stick to the pattern that was originally yeah. written. But, I mean, you can let yours slide a little less noticeably than a guitar. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, you could, you could add things to it. I could add things on the drums, too, you know, uh, but but I'm, I understand completely what you're saying. You know what I mean, you know? right? Yeah. I mean, if I dropped the whole rhythm pattern... Yeah. It wouldn't be the song at all. So I couldn't change the rhythm pattern. No, 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 no. Not really, no. So, the, the, you know, those are things that musicians can think about. Mm-hmm. And the underbidding is we go out on our commercial. What about the underbidding and what does it do to the musician who's trying to get a fair rate for fair time and a fair product? Right. If, if I'm coming in at 450 but some other four-piece or five-piece is coming in at 300 or 250 what's that doing to the market? We right. Maybe we can pick that last part up on... Uh, on, uh, after the commercial break. Okay. We'll be right back at you. Hang around, will you? All right, we're back. This is Working for the Weekend for round two. I'm Pat Terry. And I'm Mike Sell. Round hey. two, Working for the Weekend. We're getting back into, uh, we're finishing up on... Getting your foot in the door. Getting your foot in the door. A lot of times it gets slammed. Ouch. <laughs> So how was your drive over here tonight? That was kind of uh, kind of pleasant. Oh, <laughs> love it! I love All my right. new jalopy. I mean, come on! <laughs> I love that jalopy. I brought got the a, dog with me. Got a nice new jeep. Come on, come on, get out of my get him away from me. Sick dog. He's slobbering all over me. <laughs> So we're finishing up booking our conversation. Rates. We we're just getting into booking rates and what it does to every band. And you know, we we kind of know the rates we need we like to get a hundred a man let's be honest about it right. like it's some big mystery well you know <clears throat> when you figure out a hundred a man let's put that in perspective you wake up in the morning of the gig all right it's a friday or a saturday morning and you're putting together everything that you need for the band for the for your personally for the gig and you're mm-hmm. thinking in your mind okay we just have one or two rehearsals for this gig uh, I just bought this. I put on new guitar strings. That cost me X amount. I may have bought some new clothes to wear. Um, you know, Did I just say cables. Yeah, cables. I, I just I just gassed up the truck for like 40, 50 bucks or whatever that is. I mean, and now I'm gonna drive. You know, I, I'm putting ten thousand dollars worth of with drums and guitars and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, personally, into my truck or van or 20, trailer. Uh, well, it can be I mean, a $20,000 rig yeah, with a trailer. Right. $20,000 rig with a trailer plus plus all the equipment that's inside. Now you're driving out, you know, 15 to 40 minutes out to a gig to, to make $100. Take that on all that time that you spent mm-hmm. and divide it into that $100 and see how much it's you make. definitely not good business. It doesn't make sense. No. It's it's a it, you actually come out on a negative. Oh sure. You know so oh, sure. why do we do that and and why aren't we getting paid more for it and why biggest why question we? is why can't the venue owner understand that well, I think and the people in, understand that it ties into the hobby concept like it's just for fun. Oh, they don't they don't see that it's worth any more than <laughs> you guys are just weekend warriors having a good time. 
you know, you uh-huh. don't bring any people, so they right away the, the sails not the wind's knocked out of your sail. Oh, that 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 is that's another topic. You don't bring any people. I mean, but the more they can discredit us, the more they can mm, build on the case mm-hmm. that it's it's barely worth a hundred to us, yeah. man. So your you know? your venue is that bad that you you rely on the band to bring the people in. That happens. So what happens during the off nights that you don't have a band? You know. Mm-hmm. In other words, you shouldn't be in business. Your business should have folded a long time ago if it relies on bands to bring people in. Right. You know, I can understand it that if people sh- it would that, be helpful. Yeah, it, it would, would be, be big wonderful. and helpful. I, as as a musician, as a band member, and as you and I in a band, we'd love to see all our friends. I would love there. it. It's always great to when see we all have our, a full, yeah, full house. house, and we still always love to. Hey, yeah. I, I I agree. I would love to see him every night we play, but that, that's not practical. It doesn't happen. And then put that pressure. Put that. Responsibility solely on the band. Exactly. Come on, how's your food? How's your drinks? Specials? Well, how's how do you this? do normally? Oh, really? What would you do on a Friday night here without a band? Really? Exactly. So, I mean, you know, but we aren't nasty, so we don't retaliate that way. Well, there's but no reason you know, to retaliate. Right. I mean, but but well, we're, you are. We're asked. not. We're not trying to retaliate. We're trying to understand. We're trying to make other people understand what it takes to to play a night. Well, you are challenged because we are oh, yeah. face-to-face. They'll say, how many people do you bring? Right. You are challenged. We, yeah. don't, we don't say, well, how many people do you have on an average night there without a band? Yeah. Well, what do I've, we expect to see you bring to the table? Right. And I, 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 I said this a number of times that we should probably bring a, a van full of cutouts. Yeah. <laughs> the cutouts, we still need to do the cutouts. <laughs> we, we could do a video with those cutouts. It would be wonderful. <laughs> I want John Wayne on bass, though. <laughs> there Clint you go. Clint Eastwood, you know. <laughs> go ahead and make my day. <laughs> You know, anyway, so we're traveling, so we know we're not going to get the people who love to see us when we're in, you know, town or closer to home Right, when you're closer to town, that's another thing they must realize. If they're asking us to do, we're we're being hired to play at a place that's like 40 minutes away from your home base. And out of necessity, in most cases, we have to take it. We have to take it because nobody else is Mm -hmm. giving us a break. Yeah. You know? Or they're intermittent. Right. Things are so intermittent, Okay. Okay. but you, they can't. We can't expect all these people to come out and drive out to see that. No, you know? I mean, can't. but if you're closer to home, and this has happened to us, and we may be, we in were the closer last to days. home, and they've come to see us. We may be in the last days of live music. I've been talking That's to you about this too. for a while. That's I really true. think from when you came up compared to when I started, I've seen it, and you've seen it change. Yep. When I was 47, I started. It was still pretty good. We had a lot of big clubs going on still, mm-hmm. a lot of people. Now, to this point, I'm another 10 years later, or, well, longer than that, but 10 years since I retired one band and started up. So I've seen a change in booking. They're not right. booking like the whole year. Right. No clubs are just like, here's a whole year. Mm-hmm. They used to do that for me. I used to get a whole year out of one right. club. exactly. Not that it wouldn't change or there wouldn't be cancellations or little things. But now we, we see the undercutting of rates, getting back to undercutting of rates. Mm-hmm. We're traveling. We've got new bands coming out just wanting to have a good time, make a few bucks. Why I know and you know some of our closest friends are maybe making 250 a night. Right. And it's fine. I got a job, you know. So how in the world can we compete? We Like our three-piece drama kings, we want to get three as the bottom line. Right. Um, my other bands make 450 to 550 say for an average bard. Mm-hmm. So the com- the competition against money, they're always going to go for a cheaper band. Um, and I think part of the psychology with that is 
you, you know, people are going to drink, they're going to party, they're going to dance. Even if you try doing Sweet Caroline and you're not great, they might not have a great singer. It might not sound that great. Mm -hmm. But they're still going to stimulate the crowd the same way because based on, solely based on a hit song. Right, right. So the bar has nothing to lose by taking an undercutting right. grade C, B band. Exactly. You can't lose for 200 bucks if people are still going to scream and shout and buy another five beers. Right, good point. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So it is tough. And we're like, we're just musicians. We don't want to get into the psychology of it, but everybody's personalities. We happen to be thinkers. We want to mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Curious minds want to know. Right. And I think it's a complex conundrum kind of, you know, psychological thing that we're trapped in. I could, I could go back to my studies in, in, in college and, and studying um, music of the Western world, uh, you know, back in Beethoven, Mozart, yeah. you know, Berlioz, all those, all those famous composers and basically, it was their gigs were church. Mm -hmm. I mean, they would write for the church. I mean, it, that was it. If you got a church gig, you were top man. You were making money. You you were you could survive. You could you could start a family and so on and so forth. That that you could see how that peaked at mm -hmm. one point and started going downhill. Right. You know, and it, and it, same thing with the art form of painting and so on and so forth. You know. Our artists, the same thing where it peaked, Michelangelo and so right. where it would now we're I think we've peaked. I honestly feel that we peaked in the nineties with in this area and most and, and I read a lot of people from other areas, Canada and so on and so forth, that they're the same dilemma. They used to play five, six, seven nights a week and they could be booked, like you said, for a year. Mm -hmm. Now it's like they're lucky if they play one night a a, a month. Mm-hmm. You know, you got alone one night a week, and but they have to travel, like you say, out of necessity, 40, 50 miles away, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and make 100 bucks, you yeah. know. Uh, and they carry a ton of equipment. A lot of guys, a lot of drummers are scaled down their equipment because it isn't worth it. Right, that's I true. can do the same thing on, on a small drum set that I did on a large drum set. And, you know, plus it's not worth all the, all the, mm -hmm. the, the hassle and the trouble. And you've gone through the same thing with putting oh. up a sound system. Well, I'm going smaller like, and smaller. You're going I, smaller and smaller. I, and, I and like the last time we, we, we played, we did fine with the smaller and it system. sounds fine, right. You know? But a lot of it is execution we talked about. Right. It's execution, knowing your parts, knowing your tones, knowing how to tune your drums, knowing how to pick the right pedals for your guitar. Right, right. Knowing your, knowing your equipment inside yeah. out, too. Yeah. You know? so you can what make, it can do, what, what, yeah. what its limits are. You can make a small package, and that's a good little sub con you know content or sub conversation mm -hmm. there you can make small equipment sound great and you don't have to be afraid of it and for years i was i i really didn't i i felt i had to you know use certain things yeah. because i got like like well, uh what is it the comfort zone right you know? well you, you you right now it's like we're battling the acoustics of the room exactly moving in i think you we know? covered like the money we got it going on yeah everybody's got it going on but as we move into the acoustics, remember, we shouldn't have to think about anything but playing what exactly, we've learned and exactly. performing. Performance. That's we our end to, of it. Right. We shouldn't have to be wondering why we're not getting a job. We're, why aren't we good enough? The package isn't good enough. What, what's somebody else making? It's a very competitive business on every level. Right. right. And you do want to know why, and it's hard. A lot of guys can let that all go and just they drift and they take what they can take mm -hmm. and they don't sweat it, and I'm not like that because I really I want to keep working, and I want to work for the best you mm -hmm. know we can get. I don't want to go any lower, but I think it, we're we're seeing a decline in the music business. 
very few big clubs, right, very exactly. few high-profile jobs anymore. Um, so as we get into these jobs and we see the face of music and the face of venues change, going right into what you started to say, the acoustics. Right. What are we dealing with acoustics and all the problems based on acoustics and venues? The, the acoustics and venues, why, you know, that's, that's when I'm sitting there and I've come out of places I've played that have a solid floor, uh, solid ceiling, no, no, you know, like. Tile, very tiles. reflective. Yeah, everything reflective, walls. Oh, you know and, what? Hold your thought. We uh, need to set this up. We are two guys. Mike, you've built a, a super studio in your home. Yeah. So we have background. I, I built my studio here we're in tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike far out did the, mine. Um, and then we I'm building another one for Andy. So I'm finishing up, which I upgraded with, you know, learning more. So you're, you're listening to a few guys who aren't maybe experts at it. We're not claiming to be experts on no. acoustics, but these are the basics. And why should it be something that the bar is responsible for? And how should the band deal with that? Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> my my experience with with acoustics. See, people think soundproofing. You got to soundproof, but they're not are, thinking are sound treatment. Deadening. They, no. Break that open a little more for sound, everybody. Sound soundproofing means you're not going to emanate sound out of the building, and you're not going to bring in sound or vibrations from the outside into so your recording. More recording. Situation. Sound treatment means you. You balance the room out, or you, sound you get reinforcement. Rid of, well, or sound reinforcement different? has everything to do with 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 when you're setting out when you're on stage. Okay. You're, that's your sound reinforcement. Acoustical treatment is is finding the 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 um, echo spots in your room, uh, calming down the ambience of the room. Yeah. You know, when you go into a room and you clap your hands yeah. and it goes. Which, that's not the band's fault. That's your fault. Exactly. Now you can't walk into we 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 played a club last year that was all tin. Oh yeah, there was tin all over the place. And the they tin put walls. us on a short throw. Yeah, the tin short walls. Throw. And I'm not afraid to talk about the place because they were they were mean to us. It was they a, blamed it was, all of the sound problems yeah. of the room on us. And you can hear that no matter what we did. I mean, the sound guy, the, the man who ran our sound, literally turned everything he off. Had a, out of the system. Out the of kick the and the vocals were the only things in there. Yeah, the and kick. I did pay him for sound that night. And, and it, it, was it, it, he was being badgered all night oh, yeah. that we were too loud, but they don't take in consideration when you walked into the room and you clapped your hands, the darn hand clap echoed for 60 so, minutes. So what we're <laughs> calling that kind of room, reflective. reflective very lively, reflective. Ambient, reflective. Tile, it's hard got too surfaces. much square field. Square yeah. field is, is another anomaly where, where the sound of the band goes to the back of the room. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the back of the room to absorb. Now, people, I'm excluding people, okay? Right. Excuse me. People do absorb some sound, but they're people. Right. Okay. And they're not always they're, there. No. We talked about no, that. No, they're not. <laughs> but, but okay, so the sound gets blasted to the end. Not blasted is a wrong term. Well, it's, it's shooting thrown, forward. It's shooting. thrown to the back of the room. Mm-hmm. It, it bounces off, echoes off to the back of the room, bounces off everything else, mm-hmm. and literally meets the, the next waveform of sound to the center of the room and balls up and gets amplified in the center of the room. That's why a lot of people walk to the back of the, or the corners of the room or to the bar or far away where it doesn't, it's not as loud. Well, of yeah. course, you go to the center of the room, it's going to be loud, especially yeah. now you add in people. 
Like you go to come in some places that we've played that they use a uh, 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 decibel meter decibel meters, to, yes. to, 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 to watch how loud the band is. But they don't take in consideration that decibel meter is also Registered, reading the sound yeah. of the room, of the people big, and the machines. Big thing that happens, big time notorious, is where we were at the casino. Because right. you went through that and you checked it yourself. I know Andy checked it. Mm-hmm. There's and a lot of noise the there. They pick up the it room. Picks up the yeah. room. Not a lot of noise there, but they blame the band. As if you did more of it right. than the room did. Now all you have to do is hang some and put up some sound absorbers around the room, some sure. bass traps in the corners, and so on and so forth. And they look great. They would look sure. great. They look beautiful. I mean, and they'd absorb the sound. They would cut down the echo and the slap back. And when you walk in the room, instead of going, it might go. Well, what you get is you're getting standing waves without people. You're getting things that are still moving, still moving. They're not stopping right. with anything. But they're amplifying it. I yeah. mean, let's if you've ever seen sound in particle form, it moves air. Mm-hmm. It looks like particles of air, right. right? It moves air. Sound pressure level from a speaker is important. That, 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 that sound pressure level is telling you how much air it will push forward, mm-hmm. you know, to get the sound through. Um, when you don't have anything in the room to absorb it, not even a rug on the floor. I mean, you put right. rug down on, on, you know, on, yeah. and on the drums and so on. So there's nothing. So how expensive is it for basic treatments of a stage that's padded with rug? You know, some foam or some kind of batten on the ceilings that are decorative. Very decorative things, as you said, are available it's today. It's not expensive no. at all. It is really not expensive, but especially, I mean, I, I'll put myself out there. If I owned a club, I bet you'd be the best sounding club around mm-hmm. because I'd have it acoustically treated. Right. Not soundproofed because right. I don't care if the sound's going to go outside or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the, the sound that's coming in from the outside, I'm not caring about that either. I could, you probably could go nuts and spend, you know, sure. time to do that. But if you got if buy a building and it's ambient, there's nothing on the walls, nothing on the ceiling, nothing on the floor. It's all cement floor or whatever. Put something on yeah. the floor for beginning. Put something on the ceiling for beginning. Especially over the band Corner. and under the band. It would nice probably heavy. Now, you, yeah. did you use some heavy um, padding on your rugs in your studio? Anywhere you use well, drugs, uh, most most you? of most of my studio was on floating platform, anyways. Mm-hmm. But no, I didn't really have to use a heavy rug because of th- what what the platform had inside was the, was the cotton batting. Yeah, you know, so that so absorbed if, if you vibration. Build a small stage in a bar. I mean, what's the average for an average band? You need about eight by ten, eight by eight, even yeah. you can get by. You build a little platform, you fill it, you put some nice heavy dense foam, some nice rug. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a beginning, but we're talking, I'm talking, that's a beginning. But where the sound ends up is what you want to concentrate so on. So back walls. Yeah, back walls, side walls, ceiling, floors. A few floors, things here and there you that know? matter. If, if it's, it's, it's ridiculous because uh, I had to, when I was working at a school, I had to do an auditorium. You know, uh, uh, the the uh, principal in in um, I forgot what the whatever they called the top guy administrator and found out that I knew about sound and I did my own studio mm-hmm. in my home and I was working on another one at a music store and he said, "What do we have to do to bring down this, the the echo in this room?" They went out and they spent now this is a school right a thousand dollars right which isn't bad. 
which is nothing. No, especially and if they have on, the budget. Now. On absorbers right. panels. And, it, and they placed them on the walls around the thing, and it cut down the decibel of the ambient room from, from like 120 or what, I figure it was 100 some over 120 to like 94. Right. And that was just $1,000. And he went out and went crazy and did things on the, the ceiling and then the floor. And the place was like, Yeah, it wow. works. And, and instead you hear of, it instantly. It, it was a gymnasium that went to basically the sound of a gymnasium. It went to the sound of, of uh, Klein hands. Right. Acoustically. Right. Just by putting a, I think he put a, a, a number of like $5,000 into it. So with that in mind, is it the responsibility? No, they don't have to do it. No. So who pays the price? The band comes in. A band is playing rock and roll music. Rock and roll music, I mean, mm-hmm. you got to have mm-hmm. some pedal to the metal. You're using, say, the smallest equipment you can use, but you take away that sound pressure level, you turn down, and you got nothing. Right. So you do lose, you know, dynamics. You lose feel, attack. Right. Playing too light on drums. Maybe you can discuss a little bit of that and what happens, the chemistry there to the band. Well, I mean, if you're, you're a good drummer, you can play as light as you want and hard as you want. You know, the dynamic. But is it a jazz dynamic. kit? But is it a jazz kit? <laughs> you want to play country on a jazz kit with, a, with, a, uh, uh, with brushes. We, we'll uh, have to have a show devoted to that. What drums do you need? The genre <laughs> is what, you know, the drummer knows what he needs to do in the genre of music he plays. Heavy metal, uh, classic rock, jazz uh, blues and so on and so forth. There's a different feel. There's a different right. attack to the drums. I but mean, if we're going to do war dynamics. pigs, war pigs say, and they, we've been warned, hey, you guys are too loud. This room is just too noisy. Now, there's only so far we can go down before war pigs right. becomes bacon. Yeah, exactly. It's just not no it's pigs. Just fat. <laughs> war <laughs> it's like pig. grease. You can't perform properly if you take too much away from the sound of the band, even stage. There's a there's a barrier and a, and a line where the line of scrimmage I always say is the, the monitors. Right. I want my guitar when it's not mic'd. I want my amp to throw just past the monitor's front line, so that it's meeting people. Or even when it's mic'd, it's at least catching itself on a dance floor. Mm-hmm. Most cases, the bars are so small, venues are so small now. I don't mic anything but the bass guitar and the drum kit at the very least i want my amp loud enough to meet people on a dance floor and i can feel it when they're dancing i can have my answer my question answer with the snare most of my volume on my amp is based on your snare hits there's only so much you can take away and you're not playing anymore there's nothing coming through the system exactly if you take away some of that and that attack and dynamics none of the trim pots are working Mm -hmm. we're not getting any input at all, really, to trigger anything. Your effects won't work right. Right. Nothing. We're talking about war pigs. What exactly happens when you take war away from pigs? What do you? What, yeah. do, you, what do you got you left? Play it like a like like a, a jazz group, you know? Yeah. I mean, what's left? Peace and love, man. Peace and love. And the point is, you can only go so far. Uh, the drums being the only acoustic, truly acoustic instrument on stage, yeah. besides a vocal, you know, without the well, mic. right, right. But the drums are the ones that dictate the sound made by human muscle, arms, ligaments. Well, sinews. they use the, they're, they're, the acoustic drums use air in mm-hmm. the room, the room in the air. That's why they're called acoustic drums, because they're using the acoustics of the, of the, of yeah. the home. I mean, 
you know when you you have your, your drum set in your home or in an acoustically treated room. I always take the acoustically treated, not soundproofed. Not soundproofed. Okay. Acoustically treated room, they sound a, a, a certain way. And you take right. that same drum set without changing the tone or the tuning on them, and you bring them out to an ambient room, and they sound, they're going to sound louder. Yeah. And in some cases, they really sound great. And they sound great. Yeah, I mean, because all of a sudden, they're not being choked. Yeah, you feel the air. The acoustic room. You right. feel the liveliness behind the, the, the good tune drum kit. Outside, when you're playing outside, see, let's get into nature's acoustics. So there's nothing there to bounce off of. Mm-hmm. You're outside in the open. So sound, now, we're getting into sound reinforcement. That's, the, that's when it becomes really important. Yeah. The sound reinforcement. You have to reinforce your sound some way to get it to the people. Because in an outside venue, you could have, I mean, it's not wattage and gain and volume. Everybody thinks you gotta you gotta bring up the volume, bring up the volume. It's coverage. It's you can right. you can have a thousand watts on each side of the stage, but if you got the coverage with speakers right. and like an array, mm-hmm. you people are gonna hear it. But if you got Two, three speakers on a corner of a stage, and even with a thousand watts, they're not going to hear it. Even if you're pushing it at a thousand watts, all the way up, gain all the way up, because it's going to fall. The sound pressure level is right. not there. Sooner. It's going to boom. It's going to fall. Yeah, it's going to well, maybe travel we, twenty min, how, twenty how, feet and fall. In you know? light of being realistic and what we're talking about with smaller venues in this day and age, realistically, we don't. We only, and I tell people this all the time, we got to make it to the dance floor. You gotta at least go twelve exactly. feet out. You yeah. gotta at least be twelve to fifteen, twenty feet. That's it. You're not playing an auditorium, and you want it to be relaxing. You want it to be friendly and inviting sound. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to mix it in a way that it doesn't offend people. Well, I mean, back in the days of disco and top forty, you aimed for the people on the yeah. st- on the floor. Yeah. That's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And Carol, I mean, if the it's people, unrealistic yeah. to think going, why would I want to shoot to the bar? They want exactly. to talk. Let them talk in peace. <laughs> I mean, you're shooting for the people, and yeah. that's those are the people are dancing. Those are the people you want to keep moving. Yeah, you don't want to keep moving the guy that's sitting in the corner watching his girlfriend dance. You know, and you don't want the people at the bar complaining that I can't talk to the guy next to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to sit. That's their choice, and they should have that right to have a quiet conversation with somebody, or at least an acceptable conversation. But that's when the venue owner and the venue manager should realize that. If it's getting too loud yes. at the bar or in the back of the room or something, it has to be more than just a band. Sure. What about under bars? I mean, it, even on the front of a bar. If you're well, facing right. a bar, we can put nice treatment right on the front of a bar inexpensively. Exactly. And oh, would, well, yeah, how? yeah, sure. But even but 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 the point is, is that if a, if a club owner, a band, or a manager, or something has to continually come up to a band and tell them to turn down, and they keep the band keeps turning down. There's only fo- so far you can yeah, go. It, it's got to tell them something. Yeah. It ain't the band's fault. They've been turning down and, and following your request four or five times. It's got to tell you that your room sucks. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to put it out flat and that. That's and, and sooner or later, yes word. my feeling is people want to come, they want to hear music. I want to hear it. I yeah. don't want to hear it where it's abuseful, right. but I want to hear it where right. it's real. I want right. to hear it where I feel it a little bit without discomfort or any kind of aggravating pain in my ears. Um, I still want to be able to carry on a, t- a nice conversation. So I don't want the music turned down beyond a point where it doesn't feel like it's a real rock band anymore right. or a real dance band or a real country right. band. You know, that's part of our 
I think our passion. We want to go out there, even even doing. We're not doing national tours. We're doing small clubs and some larger venues. Sometimes, we still want to come off with that pro sound the best we can, right. and be respectable, you know, in our sound. And also brings up a point too that I've, I've I remember a sound uh, an audiologist telling me, as you get older. Believe it or not, you get more sensitive to certain frequencies and sound. Mm-hmm. You lose uh, the ability to hear certain frequencies and sounds. Yes. And the overtones, for some unbelievable reason, become more, you know, you ever hear a person trying to understand what you're saying right across the table from you or right next to you, but he says all he hears is the outside right. sound? right. You know, and then those are the ambient over, overtones of people around the room that are are amplifying. Right. The younger, I remember when I was younger going to see a band, and I don't care how loud they were, I'm jamming, I'm out there dancing or whatever, partying. Now, at my age, it's like, wow, you know, some of those sounds are annoying. Oh, yeah. You know, you're getting older. You get more sensitive to sound. Yeah. You get, I don't know if it's because you're, you're, your hearing's getting tired or what? But well, the he, sound man just doesn't really know what he's doing. Or he doesn't know what he's doing, right? I mean, but each instrument has a certain timbre, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you Every wanna, instrument you has want, a timbre, yeah, you want to yeah. be acceptably close to what a natural guitar sounds like. Right. And, you know, I've had conversations, even debates about uh, sound and, and doing sound for people in bands and bands and other sound men would take the avenue and... and, and uh, argument of i don't change anything on the board for the guitar player if that's the way he wants to sound that's his sound it's not my right to tinker with it but as a sound man you're you're mixing for a club mm-hmm. i think you have to take the offensive things off you have to reinforce the things that are positive about tracks that's my yeah. mixing concept if you let a, a track wide open without any kind of curve at all oh you've got to you've got to tune it to the room you know, yeah, yeah that's my that's, feeling. Yeah, you gotta you gotta tune the whole band to the room. Yeah. I mean, you're trying we we don't go in there listen, we're not mean. We don't go in there and go and, you know, screw you. We don't it's care our way. Yeah. this was our way or nothing. I don't remember a time that you and I in Drama Kings or any other band have gone into a room and 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 not tried to work with the room. And you see this more in this day and age than you did twenty years ago, right. fifteen years ago. You're right. seeing more like, oh, you're too loud. Turn down. Oh, yeah. I think owners of bars, they're so used to getting dumbed down music now. Mm-hmm. People who don't learn parts, people who don't play with any charisma or, or any attack and dynamics, they're so used to that that when they hear a band come in with dynamics and knowing their instruments, knowing their parts, they don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're too loud. When, in fact, you're not loud. You're actually playing the parts right. Well, you know, it's funny because a professor told me one time in music, he says, if you want a crowd to un- to to pay attention to what you're doing, play something wrong. Hmm. Make an egregious mistake. Yeah. You'll find, you'll see every head turn and pay attention to you. But play everything right and perfect, you're going to get a handful of people that come up to you and say, that was great. And the rest of yeah. them were just... Who cares? And mm-hmm. they still have a good time, though. Most of the people, even if you're really doing a, a great job on the whole band's unit, yeah. you know, presenting the song, they're still having a great time. They're ha- still having, and this is that conundrum. You can have another bunch of guys come in sitting in stools, old guys sitting on stools, doing the job way under par, way, you know, dumbed down, and the same people have a great time. Right. They don't know. Mm-hmm. 
There's no education as to what good, bad, better, worse, terrible. I guess it's not their job. Is that part of the problem? The audience, it's not their job. Right. I don't know. We, we could be fair with this podcast that we could talk. We could we could actually invite a venue owner or two that in would be to talk to very them. interesting and other 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 musicians around the area to talk to them as well, just to Put get perspectives. And Put you your know, gloves on and get ready. Get yeah. ready. <laughs> Round one with the bar owner. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, hey, yeah, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Adrian! <laughs> so how can the band help? Why not no return? Is it our goal, responsibility? I mean, how far does the band bend? What can the band do? Well, you know, what, you know, what's that thing the trumpet we, player uses? We, can we use mute? Our, can we use that mutes? on our speakers? The mutes? <laughs> uh, actually, they do have mutes for speakers, but they they just hang in front. Oh, the don't say that. Mutes. Bar owners will hear that. No, <clears throat> it's not the that's the problem. I mean, they don't understand the acoustics of their own room. Yeah, and they're not willing to do anything, yeah. maybe, or spend yeah. the extra money. And, it, and what kills me is that if you're in a room, like I remember a room, the Canterbury on on, on Niagara Falls Boulevard, <laughs> with. Every once in a while, they come up and say we're too loud. But right. as long as that dance floor was filled and the drinks were flowing, they didn't care. But they, if they complained about the volume and you, you took a break, you had to literally put earplugs in oh, your ears yeah. because the sound system Let's of the— Let's talk about we used that. To talk to, we used to call the guy that ran the sound at the Canterbury the world's loudest DJ— the guy was incredibly loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like ridiculously loud. I don't know anyone who didn't go in there without earplugs. You know and what seriously. this should be? And I've said this before, the DJ, whatever house sound they have, whether it's live DJ or you know somebody just turning mm-hmm. it on, the, it should be like an opening act. The opening act is never as loud as the main act. Right. Your radio, your whatever you're pumping through the house should never be near as loud as a band. But the accumulative effect of the band... Yeah. And then now the loud DJ. Oh, on top of it, sure. Okay, on top of it, it 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 uh, fatigues the people. Yeah. So now it fatigues when band, us when we're breaking down yeah, at the end of true. a show. Oh God, yes. <laughs> oh my God, take those speakers down off the stage, please. I have, or zone them. I remember a club where I actually unplugged them. Yeah, you got. What, I unplugged the DJ speakers if because you're a bar it was owner, ridiculous. If you're man. a bar owner and you're listening to our podcast, please zone those speakers over the stage so you can turn them off. The band wants to break down; they don't want to hear loud music while they're breaking down. And it's usually louder than the band. Yeah, and that's a mistake. That's that's, and they don't understand. I could. T- I brought decibel meters out to a couple clubs, and I had them. I'm watching the band. Okay, we spiked at 100, 102. You know. And then we're breaking down, <laughs> and DJ's like 140. Mm-hmm. What the? What's this 140? What is this? You know, naturally my 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 decibel meter is right near the 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 speaker, but that's what the speaker's pushing out. And that's your head. <laughs> your head is right near it. You know, come on. <laughs> if that's what your head's taking in, the decibel yeah. meter's in the right place. Yeah, right, exactly. Basically. And you know, but you know, hey, we get told that if, at one bar in particular, keep it down. Until the end of the night when you do stranglehold and then turn it up. Really? You know, that's, yeah, that's what one one tells me. I guess I never told you that. No. It's, no. When it's stranglehold, yeah, yeah, let the stallions out. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Adrian! <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm burned out at the end of the night, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, what and where, what's the responsibilities? How far can the band bend? 
uh, before the band stops being a band. Right. Exactly. Well, any song when you go. What about you a journey? Down, we do a yeah. journey song. What's going to happen? Or, 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 or Foo Fighters. I mean, come on. It's not a. Yeah. It's that a. That's a very dynamic. Right. Sound. But it's you not know, necessarily it's in perspective or their own perception of it. It's not really louder than. Uh, give me three steps. No, it's, it's a different not. Mass it's, it's it's yeah. It's not. It's not louder volume. It's just, speaking volume and, and speaking dynamics is different. Yeah, and I think you, you should know? make that clear yeah. to the audience. Volume is one thing. Dynamics is another. You know, if and you're the gonna, mass, the mass. If you're going to play at the same volume, but you're going to play at at uh, triple forte on in in dynamics through the whole song, unbelievable. You know, but you can have the same another song at the same volume level. But using uh, different dynamic levels like pianissimo here or the soft passage here, a little more gain and a little more heaviness during a during the chorus, and maybe at the outro you're gonna you're gonna maybe go to forte, you know, just to bring right, it, bring right. a, you know, uh, maybe I have no clue in, what you just said, but whatever. Well, maybe you're <laughs> no, I'm in, kidding with you. Well, in layman's terms, yeah. your intro is real loud. Then you yeah. get then you get when the that's another thing. We too. do that in Foo Fighters. Here's, here's what we I come kill. down in Foo, Foo Fighters. Here's what I have. My biggest pet peeve with any band I go to see. Yeah. You got a vocalist up there. She or she's a good vocalist. When the hell are you going to learn how to play under the vocalist? Exactly. You don't start a song at triple forte, the loudest you can, and then come while she's singing or he's singing, and you're doing gangbusters on your guitars and drums. And all you hear you all night is, can you turn learn, my monitor up? Yeah. Learn dynamics and get down mm -hmm. there and relax and play underneath her. It's a very him. important topic. You know, that's uh, what that's when the that's when the drummer should go to his hi hat and play and be 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 cautious of what, how loud he is his dynamics. But listen to the, all you have to do is listen to the vocals. This is a very important section and it has everything to do with acoustics. Um, right. It has to do with your gear. What is your gear able to do at any given point of your... Well, you better know your gear. Well, but yeah. at any given time in the economy we live in and when you're buying, trading, right. upgrading, you're always at a different level. So at each given level, you're going to perform differently on stage with the material and you're going to have to co compensate and understand what you just said. Right. Your singer's not hearing themselves because the monitor's. Now, you know, you, you may have cheaper monitors at this point in time. Maybe the guy don't know how to set up the monitors quite well. Right. Could be an early, you know, Maybe learning. they're too close to when they're throwing past her. Yeah. So, That's I mean, there's the thing things, too. right, that are going on. But it's always at the top of my list, and I'm glad you brought it up. The vocalists are the main thing of the whole band exactly. that you got to hear on stage for reference. And if you don't, yeah. you're doing something wrong as an instrumentalist or as a right. total band, as a number, exactly. as the accumulative mass of the band on stage. If you can't hear her, if you're playing your drums or your guitar and you can't hear him or her singing, mm -hmm. there's something wrong. You're doing your, you're, you're, you must you're doing your job wrong. You you're must doing, be in a stadium playing. Right, you're doing your job wrong. You got to back off. Got to yeah. back off. You can play the same level of intensity with with a lower dynamic field. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it. It's all about tuning, tone, knowing right. your instrument, knowing how to attack it. Right. I mean, I can hear our singers, I can hear myself naturally sing, but I can hear without them in my <clears> monitor, <throat> I can hear our female singers, or I can hear you singing mm -hmm. in another monitor on stage because we play properly. We're playing for the song, we're playing for the singer, we're playing for the lyrics. Right. And that's important, you know, that it's not just every man for themselves when you get in a band situation and sound situation on stage. 
If you get good sound on stage, your sound man or the guy doing it in the band is going to be one happy lad. Yeah. You know, you're giving them something great to work with. You're giving them the line of scrimmage. It stops at your monitors. Everything behind the monitors is all yours. Everything in front is all his. Well, it's got to be work. You have yeah. to, all, the whole band has to work as a team. You know? So, what can musicians we do? have to work? You what know? can we do in the venue and how far can we bend? I know some, some people won't go back. Some bands won't go back to certain venues right. when they're aggravated too much or just hounded too much about turning down well i can understand their feelings you know um you should really talk sit down and talk to the venue owner and some explain to them you know communication communication exactly respectful communication exactly. i think you know it looks like we've wrapped up this conversation about acoustics mm -hmm. it's not expensive it should be done doesn't have to be done it's not going to be written into your rider that they're you going to can, have great acoustics. You can build your own acoustic sound absorber. It's so cheap, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you can have a you few know. things done. Mm -hmm. You could have shields. Provide shields for drummers. Use shields yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah, or like gobos. Church, like churches. You could have you a know. few gobos you pull out and throw against the back wall or against the far wall, you know, for gigs. Mm -hmm. You can make gobos really cheap. Mm -hmm. Gobos are just sliding portable barriers with sound... Um, you know, absorption, absorption material. Absorption material. And that's real easy. I do them for my studio. Yeah, you put them around amps. You can put them on wheels. I mean, it's not it's not unrealistic to think that it, it can be done. It can be, affo it's affordable. Uh, some decorative ceiling things, some decorative wall things. We can definitely improve, but how badly do we want to improve the local music? And we're wrapping up this week's conversation on working for the weekend about we went from booking, getting yourself in the door as a new band or just as a mature band, a seasoned band that's been out there struggling with times changing. We went into acoustics, acoustic treatments about band sound, band gear. We've touched a lot of bases, haven't we, Mike? Yeah, we, we have. I mean, you know, I'm, uh, do we have a way for people to comment? That's a good question for well, Andy. Yeah, I mean, we should have. A, it would be nice to see, read, and hear some comments too from from our listeners, and you know, and not our viewers. Hey, Andy, we do we have a way for people to comment <laughs> us? But do we have a way up. for people to respond to us, our show. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have to make it clear as we wind down and give this closing few minutes. We love sound or we wouldn't be doing this. Right, exactly. We're passionate about sound as much as we are about playing the music we play, writing the music we write, recording the music we record. Um, this is something that is, we're addicted to it. So we're definitely, we know enough to be dangerous. We know enough to be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Are we but experts? We, we really... might not be experts, but we're, we're annoying. No, I mean, we're not experts. Well, when do you become an expert? I mean, that's the thing. You've been doing it Good. for so many years. When do you become an when expert? When is done, done. You I know. know. Yeah. Uh, but we want to make sure that all venue owners, that if you're listening to this podcast, that uh, we're not against 
we want to work with you. And we do. We're and flexible. And we do. We work. Yeah. We flex. We're flexible. More we than most. Understand yeah. when you when you having problems with sound in your room and so on and so forth. But you have to you have to understand where we're coming from too. We work I mean, more than you know, many. You know, we know guys, and I won't mention names, but we know guys who'll just say, "That's my sound." Yeah. You ain't screwing with my sound. Oh yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I play at. That's the level I play at. That's where my amp sounds best. Exactly. I've heard that. So. I've heard that. I mean. <clears throat> with my drums, I mean, I'm big and bringing a 60 inch bass drum that's like 24 feet wide. <laughs> I mean, long. I mean, that's my bass drum. Boom, boom, boom. You think you're Mick Fleetwood? <laughs> <laughs> so, this is something we're passionate about, we're flexible about, but at the same point, we know the pluses and minuses. We know the minuses. We know how far we can go before we, oh, we yeah. cease to exist musically. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like you, get, you, you drop down so low on stage, it's like. My thing is, okay, turn on the radio. Exactly. You and know? I love when you say that. <laughs> turn the radio on. Hey, I mean, what the heck? <laughs> just use a jukebox. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want a live band for? It's I not. Oh, really? Seriously, if you're going to be complain, 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 you got to turn around Can't and say to yourself, wait a minute, is it really always the band's fault? What about my room? For God's sakes, listen to your room. Do something with your room. Look at it. Look at the room. It's just like, it's loud. If you don't believe me, Go to Klein Hands or go better yet, go to UB and and and, and Amherst and, and go into into their new facility where they the concert facility. Uh, go there and 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 that that is like the greatest acoustical room. They have sound baffles that come out that literally come out of the walls to absorb and deflect sound certain ways. I mean, mm -hmm. the, you know. And you, that should be an important uh, factor. Sure, sure. That's a big, huge at venues, and, and they're, you know, they're for professional. I mean, you, Buffalo Philharmonic and theater and so on and so forth. But the concept, the principle is the same. See, for bar owners, venue owners with live music venues, I'm touching on this based on what you just said. Mm hmm how badly do you want live music to, to succeed in your event? Exactly. Is it too yeah, expensive for it to succeed to do a little bit of sound reinforcement or sound, you know, dampening? Get the room where it's it's not so lively and so crazy. Mm -hmm. Volumes are going to sound so much more suitable. Um, you know, there's certain things you just talk to a few people. You can have somebody come in and consultations. You can get consultations right, right. if you needed to. And if you're worried about fire codes, they do make sound proof or not proofing, I'm sorry, sound treatment That's, that is fire coded. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I did it in my 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 basement in my my home, everything I used was fire fire coded. Mm -hmm. Cost me a few cents more, but it's worth it. But well worth it. You it's do it well once you're it. done. And, and yeah, right. You it's an it investment that keeps paying. Back. Exactly. Exactly. You're going to have great sound. And pe people are going to notice. That's the biggest thing, right? The audience from one week before right. they're gonna know. to you get it done. Wow. They're going to say, like, what, right. what's different here? Right. You get a new building? What's going on here? Am I in the right building? But there's, there's, there's a number of venues in Buffalo that I could name right off the top of my head that could use a, at least two, $3,000 worth of soundproofing. Not proofing. Sorry. Right, right. Sound but I treatment. Bet even in the smallest of situations that it's gone to today, it's going to be even under a thousand. Oh yeah. In most situations, if you start from the stage, maybe a little bit on the ceiling, maybe a little bit on that back wall mm -hmm. that you're shooting at, wherever. And th that's another thing. Setups, guys out there with yeah. bands. Yeah. Where when we walk in, especially me being the sound man for three bands, I look at the best place to set up. And if 
the bar owner tells me set up here and it doesn't look too good, I give a quick talk and I give a quick pep rally about why I would like to set up over here versus where you asked yeah. me to. But I will set up where they ask me to if they can't see the logic in it. Right, exactly. So that's another important exactly. thing. Scope it out. If they say anything goes, set up wherever you want. Make sure you look the room over good and pick the best see, area for Them telling me how, how the band should sound is like me telling them how they should mix their drinks. Or cook their food. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a good way to exactly. close. What do you say we go out on that? <laughs> okay. I'm Pat Terry for Working for the Weekend. I'm and Mike Sal, Working for the Weekend. We'll see you next week with Andy Bielman joining yep. us again. Full force. <laughs> <laughs>